It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'd love to be saying as usual, but Mike has got him for this type of malarkey on Packers.com. It is the legend that we've had on before. I don't think you need an introduction, uh, <laughs> Mr. Wes Hodkowitz, but I'm going to give you one anyway. It's Packers.com aficionado. How would you like to be introduced? The Aaron Rodgers of um, Packers.com? Are you saying <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Man. I think that's the first time my name and the word legend have ever been included in the same <laughs> sentence. So I have to thank you for that. The ever humble <laughs> Mister Atwes Hod. Uh, Wes, look, it's the ten minute takedown. Usually uh, for our podcast, we amble in. There's about maybe fifty fifty between you know, the preamble and then we actually get down to talking Packers, but it's the 10 minute takedown and I know you're a busy man and you're just about to head down into the Packers locker room and get all the inside scoops. Um, so we'll barrel into this sort of, you know, absolutely astounding Patriots analysis. But before I do, the most important burning question on my mind as a dad of two extremely young and non-sleeping children, how is that hashtag dad life treating you, buddy? <laughs> oh, it's been treating me good, man. I, you know, it's one of those things that it's our firstborn, um, you know, and, and it's one of those cool things. I'm sure you know what it's like a couple times over, just how much it changes your life and your perspective on things. And he's uh, he's even made it a few times to Lambeau Field already. So we, uh, we're we're definitely indoctrinating him into the culture right off the bat. But <laughs> he's been a he's been a dream. We're almost uh, a shade under 11 months right now. He's he's getting his teeth in right now. Oh, that is a tough tough time you see that's the thing as you said being a dad totally changes it i was a big animal guy i'd cross the street to give to an animal charity and now i just see all animals as threats to my children it's kind of it's so primitive <laughs> it's unbelievable but let me put you on the spot right if you could come up with one sort of funny story that's happened since you were a dad or any absolutely wicked dad joke that you've ripped off that either was or wasn't appreciated by fellow dads or people do you have any of those bubbling at the top of your brain right now I don't know if it's funny, but uh, Killian, <laughs> or I'm sorry, my son was born uh, December 17th, which is the day that the Carolina Panthers were playing the Packers, right? Yeah. I actually risked it. I went out to Cleveland the week before with the thinking that, okay, if I need to get back, if Kate goes into labor, I'll be able to get back in time mm. to, to, to be there for the, for the birth. We almost rolled the dice because he was due a week later. We almost rolled the dice on me going to Carolina, and it was the Thursday before that game that my bosses here at the Packers said, you know what, we're not going to risk it. You're staying back. Yeah. So lo and behold, Kate ends up going into labor on Sunday morning. I was actually in commute to go to Lambeau Field to cover the game from here with some of our interns and the people that work that stay back at the office, and uh, lo and behold, instead of going into work, I ended up just staying on the highway and driving down to uh, to Nina where we had him. So uh, everything else has been pretty much the norm, but uh, it was kind of funny how that works out. Fortunately, I have some good people that I work with that uh, did not allow me to end up on the east coast of the U.S. Uh, during the most important moment of my life so <laughs> that was good <laughs> that would have been a very angry wife that's for sure but it's weird because yeah. actually on my second born <laughs> i risked that we were a week away from our due date when i went to lambo on that trip and i came home and were it was you really okay. yeah it was yeah but you see that was really taking the 
taking the biscuit now, I think, to be on the other side of the Atlantic. I was just praying that nothing would happen. Ridiculous. But that's the thing. I find that most of your dad jokes just go amiss. Uh, my favourite was I was at the uh, shopping <laughs> centre. I had to bring my uh, my kid down. I think John was heavily pregnant, maybe on her second. And uh, my son was sitting in the trolley. But he we'd be doing the shopping all day and he kind of got bored. And so he started making these like really grotesque faces and going, Rah! just shouting and screaming. And I could tell that the cashier, just from her <laughs> disdain on her face, when she looked at my child and oh. she was like, I've never seen that before. And I could tell she wasn't a parent because that's what they look like every two minutes, right? So she was looking at him going, oh my God, what's wrong with that child? Like he's, he's an absolute demon. And I just looked at her dead in the eye and said, thinks after his mother. <laughs> it's just no one appreciated it. Joan wasn't there. Couldn't high five her. You know what I mean? The cashier didn't get it. Anyway, that's, that's what happens. It's the death of dad jokes. But... Oh, speaking of a death, this Good game morning. coming up. This is going to be a tough <laughs> one, Wes, right? See the segue? Um, any jobs going on Packers.com? So this is, a, this is a pretty scary one in the sense that, you know, we nearly beat the Rams. We should have beaten the Rams, albeit, you know, for maybe you look back on that safety, you look back in the Ty Montgomery fumble. Um, you know, certainly a game that we feel like we, we had the chance to win and just sort of gave it away. Now we're coming into against a team that, you know, they've went six and two uh, at the start of the season for the sixth straight year. You know, they've won five on the trot. Um, is this as frightening for this Packers team or, Wes, do you see the performance that we put in against the Rams and be sort of, you know, quietly confident that we can really put it up to this Patriots team at their home stadium? You know, and obviously I'm not an NFL head coach, but I, I would imagine that Mike McCarthy's message to this team this week is that you played within seconds, within yards, within minutes, within points of the team that is leading the NFL right now is setting the pace and the standard of play. And you were right there with them until the very end. It can be demoralizing to fall short in a game like that, but for the Packers, they need to build on that momentum. They need to go into Gillette Stadium on Sunday evening and feel like they are the best team in the NFL. You have to throw out the records. You have to throw out all the stuff that's surrounding it. And you have to go in there and beat a really good New England Patriots team. Because let's be honest, they need a victory right now. I, I always stop short of calling any game earlier than week 12 a must win because mm. as we saw in 2016 with Run the Table, things can change really fast. But that being said, a win over this New England team, the way that they're playing right now, I think would do a lot for this Packers unit trying to really catapult themselves into the second half of the season. So it's a big game, but I, I don't see the Packers backing down from it. And arguably, I'd say, Wes, that even if now, obviously, you know, whilst we take a different tack from you, you have to sort of be relatively unbiased, let's say, um, even though you work for the organization to be able to break stuff down and analyze it. But certainly from a fan perspective, it would obviously be terrible to lose for everybody at the Packers organization. But if you were to run this game close, at least you'd be able to say you come up against two Titans and did your best. Now, the real question is, is that, you know, it, all the hype is there. And I know you guys mentioned it on your podcast, which is excellent, which I'm sure everybody who listens to our podcast would listen to yours first, let's say, on the playlist. Um, but, you know, when you come up against the, that whole Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady thing, yes, they don't take the field at the same time. But, they, you know, you sort of put it that, you know, we're looking at these two Titans, both in head coaches and both in quarterbacks. Do you see that, is there anything that Mike Pettin can do with his scheming? Is there anything that our defense can do, especially on the interior line, to get that pressure uh, on Tom Brady to give him something that he hasn't seen before? Or is this just trying to hang in there with a quarterback right. who's as good as he is? No, that's a good point. I think last week was a good building block for that. Now, certainly, it's going to be different scheming and blitzing and drawing up you know, designs for Jared Goff as it is opposed to someone like Tom Brady, who, you know, he was what? You know, Jair Alexander was two years old when Brady 
got in the league. I mean, like this guy has seen and done it all, but I think there's a lot to build on with that defensive performance last week for my money. You know, that was, that was their best, most complete showing in the game uh, this season, because I mean, the one thing they were missing was the takeaways certainly need to have that. But I thought the blitz packages, the stuff they dialed up on third downs, uh, it was innovative. It kept golf uh, uncomfortable and for a large part of that game, they were able to dictate the tempo uh, against Todd Gurley. Now, Gurley did end up getting the yards late. That's the type of running back he is. But you're only going to see one of him. So I think this week, uh, depending on what, you know, if Sony Michelle, if he's available and, and how mm. they want to use their stuff in New England, I, I see this offense with New England and Tom Brady as very dynamic and dangerous. But I don't know if it threatens you in the ways that 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 Rams team threatened you with with their you know inside outside game and their ability to play up tempo so uh, yeah I, I think for Mike Penton he's certainly seen uh, Bill Belichick a number of times before there were some absolute wars that the the New York Jets had with with the Patriots during his time as defensive coordinator so he knows what to expect he knows what it's like to to match up with Tom Brady and it's going to be on him and you know his defensive coaching staff to to take in really you know a good game plan from last week take that and and try to, to, you know, do the same thing now against a future Hall of Famer like Brady. Yeah, it's pretty frightening, and really, when you come up against Brady, because you're going to know he's quite relaxed. His offensive line has been incredible this season as well, but someone that really stood out to me um, is James White. You know, he's a, this guy, yeah. more so because of his catching ability, whereas, you know, he's he's on track for about 100, and we're halfway through the season, he's got 55 receptions. We doubled that to 110. As you can see, my maths is fantastic. So he's on pace to, you know, set the <laughs> NFL record for the most um, catches and receptions by an NFL running back in a single season. So this guy is, is pretty scary. Um, you know, I'd sort of pick him out as the, the main offensive weapon. When you look at this game as a whole, what do you see as kind of the key points to this game and the key targets of this game? Is James White certainly one of them, along with Gordon, um, who has arguably put himself in hot water again this week with a bit of uh, discipline issues down there in New England? But if you were to sort of pick out maybe yeah. three to five points, where do you think this game sits and where is it going to be won? Well, 1A, 1B, and 1C is James White. I, I think that that's a primary target for this Packers uh, defense, trying to neutralize him. Because here's the dangerous thing about White. As you said, he has 55 catches on the year. I think the next closest guy on the New England roster is like 26 mm. or 29, something like that. I mean, he is a safety valve. And while he only, he's only averaging a little over eight yards a catch, he's one of the reasons why the Patriots are continually able to move the ball and keep themselves in really good down and distance throughout scoring drives. He, he is, it's incredible what he's turned himself into. Cause obviously he was a change of pace back at Wisconsin. He was the number two option for a lot of years to Monty ball, but he's shown now that he's now that he's gotten to the NFL, how his game has translated and how he's really evolved as a pass catching back that I think has almost become a necessity now in this league. So for the Packers, I don't know who exactly matches up with him. I don't know if that ends up being Blake Martinez's assignment or, or a Jermaine Whitehead. We'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be paramount to, to, to not allow him to go off because you saw last week with Gurley, even when he was getting shut down early in the run, mm. he still was effective as a pass catcher. You have to have a similar mentality with White in whatever you know running back combination that they decide to go with uh, in this matchup. And from there, certainly you, you have to keep in, you know, keep in mind Gronkowski at all times, Julian Edelman. Uh, Gordon, if he's out there, the number of weapons that they have can really stress you. But I think it really does start uh, with with not allowing James White to get going early in this game. 
and I'm I'm very much conscious of the fact that we're probably just a, a smidge over 10 minutes so I, I guess I'm not going to ask for a score prediction but from looking at all the sort of factors in this game do you think this is a game that's high scoring do you think that it runs close if it is high scoring or is it really impossible to see how this game washes out especially because we saw the game against Chicago the fact that they sort of they balled out on special teams late in that game to end up winning the game you know, Chicago were a yard short of an Aaron Rodgers-style Hail Mary. So, you know, is it is it uncallable, yeah. or how do you see this panning out? Well, just just for the record, I still have a few minutes here. I hope I haven't bored you too much with uh, <laughs> with some of the the children stuff. Now I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I think it is going. I can see it being a high scoring game. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that New England Kansas City, you know, forty three to forty type shootout. But um, both of these offenses can move the ball. Even the Packers during some of their you know, the ebbs and flows of this season, even when things weren't quite going right for them, mm. I think out of all the years I've covered this team, their two-minute offense might be as, as fluid and as exceptional as it's ever been. Uh, they can put up points. They can move the ball when they need to. It's just been more of a an issue of just doing it on a consistent basis. Uh, if you get going with Aaron Jones early on, you know, with him and Jamal Williams probably being the featured one-two punch now, if you can find a way to still keep Devontae Adams, you know, get the ball in his hands the way they've done the last three, four weeks. I think this team can put up, you know, points and in production against anybody. But the big thing is going to be on the opposite side, you see a guy like Tom Brady, who at 41 years old, you know, he gets the ball out fast. That is his option. He, you know, that's what he must do because he isn't scrambling for the first down at this point. Not that that ever was really his MO to begin with. So the pass rushers, the, the cornerbacks have to be on their A game there. But even if you play a good, solid, you know, hard-fought game, you know, Tom Brady is just the type of player that's still going to get his and is going to be able to move the ball in critical points for that offense. So, yeah, I do see points being scored. I do see this being a quintessential Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady type game. And, and to be honest with you, the football fan in me is, is kind of rooting for that because you only get this so often. You only get these two titans of, of football kind of crossing into the same orbit uh, guaranteed over four years. And, you know, depending on how Super Bowls and things like that work out, this very well could be the last matchup. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of offense in this thing. I, I think the, the team that comes down, the offense that's on the field with two minutes to go and a chance to win the ball game, I think that could, that could definitely be, uh, you know, who responds in those situations that decides this outcome. Yeah, and I think we're, we're due a good game uh, simply because – this should have been the Super Bowl in 2014. The fact that, you know, the NFC Championship yeah. game against the Seahawks, which still pains me. Um, so I guess a final prediction then for me would be is that I reckon, like you raised on, on the podcast on Wednesday, that, you know, the focus was very much on Jordy Nelson that night and, and Devontae Adams had his kind of coming out party, uh, you know, had a big night. Um, so I reckon that is it surely not time for one of the rookie wide receivers to go and win this game, sure. you know, an MVS sort of, you yeah. know, contested catch. Do you see one of those guys uh, stepping up and how impressed have you been by the rookies uh, this season in Equinemius St. Brown and MVS in particular? You know, 100%, man. And, and for two reasons. One, uh, they were thrown into the fire. Uh, I mean, they were that was not the situation the Packers wanted to find themselves in, you know, three weeks into the season where you end up missing you know, Randall Cobb and, and Geronimo Ellison. I, I was thinking all along that while a guy like Valdez Scantling might be the number four receiver, he was going to get a couple months to work his way in, you know, much like in some way Devontae Adams did in 2014. Well, lo and behold, he gets thrown in there, and I thought he's been exceptional for what they've asked of him. Uh, he's a big play target. I, I think the Rams made a huge mistake on that one drive where they left him, 
you know, with no, no safety help over the top, and he was able to get the inside move there and ends up being a game-breaking type play for that 40-yard touchdown. That's what he offers, and yes, I do believe, much like in 2014, I actually have a story going up on uh, the Packers.com on, on Thursday afternoon about Devontae Adams and the performance he had and how Nelson and Cobb and, and other facets of that offense were the focal points for the Patriots, and had Devontae Adams came right out and, and got two big plays off the bat and forced them to change how they defended the Packers. I think a guy like Valdez Scantling, St. Brown, I think one of those unsung heroes, if the Packers can be victorious in this game, is going to be the difference maker. Getting one of those guys to emerge and you know make you know put make the the Patriots uncomfortable and, and don't allow them to get into a a groove where it's okay. We got to shut down Devontae Adams and and Jimmy Graham and Randall Cobb. No, I mean give them a fourth or fifth option that that really makes them think when they're stepping up to the line of scrimmage. And hopefully then, Wes, what you can do is save yourself a bit of the workload, get that story and just copy paste in Devontae Adams, just MVS instead, because that's what's going to happen. Save it for next year, put it in the files. Wes, you've been so, so kind um, with your time. I guess the final thing that we want to say is, is that we're heading over for a group trip. An awful lot of people are going over for that Pats game, by the way, to see those two Titans face off. But then the week after, we're coming over for the Dolphins game at Lambeau. Uh, we will be in um, one of the spots in Green Bay, uh, what do you drink and what time will you be in on that Saturday night to have that pint <laughs> with all of your UK and Irish fans? I, I will I will be there. You guys get in touch with me. We'll find, we'll link up. I, I look forward to it. And, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I you know it's uh, I was happy to see you you slip in last week with a with a message and it had been way too long to catch up. So yeah, definitely when you guys get into town, give me a shout. Happy days. Wes, absolutely fantastic having you on. If anyone doesn't know who Wes Hodkowitz is, come out from underneath that rock. Make sure you read all of his articles on Packers.com <laughs> and make sure you hit up that uh, Packers podcast. It's an absolute must listen and keeps me company through the wee hours. Wes, thank you very much for coming on, buddy. All right. Thanks, brother.